Jesus begins to teach here in Mark's Gospel in chapter 8. In the first part of his teaching, he says to them, Man, the Son of Man must undergo great suffering, be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all of this quite openly, Mark records. I imagine Peter standing there, maybe not looking at Jesus and just hearing what the Lord just said, and turns to the Lord and says, Ixne on the Oscre. You're the Messiah. Where's the white stallion? What are you talking about suffering and dying? You're not the Messiah we expected. You're not the Messiah we wanted. We wanted you to come and defeat Rome and end the persecution of our people. We wanted you to come in triumph and great glory. Ixne on the Oscre. No cross. Once again, Peter doesn't get it. And Jesus says to him in a very stern tone, get behind me, Satan, for you're setting your mind on human things. He doesn't get it. After all of this time, Peter still thinks that Jesus is going to march into Jerusalem on what we now call Palm Sunday at the Passover on a white stallion with a sword and slay the oppressors. They wanted Superman and they got Clark Kent. <laughs> and he says to all of them in front of Peter, he says, if you want to be my disciples, take up your cross and follow me. Go ahead, try to save your life. You're going to lose it. But if you lose your life for God, you will save it. They looked at him incredulously. This is the Messiah? What were we thinking? And they thought about that. They thought, talking about sacrifice. He's talking about us losing our life. I often say to young people when they're getting ready to be married, I always say the whole sacrament of holy matrimony is really bad math because it says you give away everything and you get an abundance of blessings. And that's what Jesus is asking us, asking of his disciples and us. Uh, this discipline, this, this discipleship, where the word discipline comes from, where the word disciple comes from. This discipline of being ever conscious of God's love in our life and giving it away and being vulnerable to the leading of God's Holy Spirit. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, uh, one of my favorite theologians, a German theologian in the, uh, the 1930s and 40s, 
talked a lot about discipleship. He wrote a book called Discipleship. Later it was titled The Cost of Discipleship. But he said this about discipleship. He said, cheap grace is the grace we bestow on ourselves. Cheap grace is preaching of forgiveness without repentance. Cheap grace is baptism without church discipline. Cheap grace is discipleship without the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Bonhoeffer died for those words. He sacrificed his safety and good life here in the United States in Manhattan, teaching at Union Seminary, and went back to Germany, and eventually got involved in the plot to kill Hitler. And he himself was imprisoned and was executed because of that. Now, we're not going to get executed. Nobody's going to execute us. But when Jesus was telling his disciples about crucifixion, this was not a new concept to them. All right? The Romans had been crucifying people for a long time. In fact, it, in antiquity, it said that there was an event around the time that Mark might have been writing this particular gospel that the Romans in Caesarea Philippi or in Rome had crucified 150 people at one time. So crucifixion was not a foreign concept to them. Can you imagine the stench and the shame and the trauma that our Messiah is telling us that we must engage in that kind of sacrificial living in order to follow him? Most of the things that we do as Christians, the acts that we accomplish, the good that we do, the things that we exchange or extend to others in love and in kindness, most of those acts don't end up on the front page of the Westerly Sun or any other newspaper above or below the fold. Most of them go unnoticed to most people. But that is an important. Notoriety doesn't make discipleship more powerful. In fact, all through Mark's gospel, he tells his disciples and he tells the recipients of his largesse and his healing, don't tell anybody. Go home. Your, your faith has healed you. Share nothing about this with your friends. So the model of discipleship isn't about being on the front page or being... Uh, raised up as such a wonderful hero because most of the things that we do in response to the gospel in our, in our lives are those small kindness acts, kind acts of mercy and gentleness and love and consideration. And during this season of Lent, during this journey through the wilderness days of Lent that we are called to participate, let us concentrate on the brokenness of our own lives because there is brokenness in each of our own lives. But there is hope. There is hope that God bestows upon us. Even in the times when we think we're at the end of our rope, even when someone we love 
is diagnosed with terminal cancer, even when a relationship falls apart, even when a child goes off and completely disregards everything they were taught and brought up to believe, even when the boss says, we no longer need you, there is hope. Because Christ's promise to us was that he will be present with us always. This isn't a, a Pollyanna gospel. This is the real word of God. And in, in order to engage and embrace the words of the good news, we, we need to sacrifice our own interests, our own agenda. We need to be open and vulnerable to the leading of God's Holy Spirit. It's often said that, you know, standing in church on Sunday doesn't make you a Christian any more than standing in a garage on Monday makes you a Buick. <laughs> so we need to understand what this transaction is. We need to understand that we have been given a gift, that we have this bond with Christ, this covenant with God that protects us and enlivens us and inspires us and strengthens us and motivates us and gives us courage and gives us hope. We have all we need. Everything that's within us is all we need, the God-given gifts that each of us has in order to build up the body of Christ and to give others a sharing of the good news. Everything that we need is what we already have. And during this time in Lent, let us pause and think about how we might best utilize those gifts. How we might best even return ourselves more fully to the embrace of God in Christ. How we might more fully embrace Christ's love and his message of sacrifice in the way we live our lives. If those who wish to be my followers, take up your cross and follow me. Amen.